Welcome. It is the Ski Bum Podcast, and it is your pals in matching t-shirts. Was not planned. Mario and Brian. Boom. Mario. Didn't What's plan that. We didn't plan this at all. We didn't we plan the show. We didn't plan to be wearing matching shirts. But I got to go change to are. my blue one. I, I don't know. What do I have to do, right? I think you just got to gotta embrace it. You got to embrace the... Uh, Tough it out. The broness of just wearing matching shirts and celebrating because, you know, we actually didn't podcast the whole month of July. We told you it's summertime. Things are crazy. My life was crazy. Mario's doing stuff. It's just been a bananas time. And there's a lot of stuff that happened in the ski and ski adjacent worlds in this past month. So that's why we're here because we want to keep doing this. We want to talk about it, recap it, give you guys more info. So that's why we're here. We're embracing Bronus today. Right. It's Bronus. We're embracing it all. Yes. Bro Nation. Bro Nation, bro. So yes, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibonpodcast.com. The website will be updated soon. Less will be more. More will be less. But it's going through a big transition, a reorg. More or less. We gotta clean things up. We gotta get things a little bit smarter, a little more intelligently designed, a little less fancy. X changed, Twitter changed, we have to change. We're too. just gonna be ski bum X, I think, from now on. Ski X. Maybe that's the way to go. Skibumx.com. So yeah, check us. Ski X. What do we what do we do? Ski X, I think. Ski X. That could be the move. We'll talk to Elon. I'll call him. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna tweet him right now. Like, Sup, bro. There you go. Because everything yeah. is bro. I'm just going to talk in bros. Bro. 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 Skibumpodcast.com. Check it out. Follow us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, or X, Facebook, Untapped. We are at Podcast. If you want to support the show, please go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast. You can support the show there. Another thing we're working on, obviously. Things are in motion, always. Everything's in flux. In you flight. Can, you in got tears. Yeah. It's how we roll. We're we're very fluid. You never know what you're gonna get. Box of chocolates. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you you know that, you're gonna get. With that dumbass box of chocolates, you're like, <laughs> I don't like that, but I gotta go back to it because it's chocolate. So we've been talking about it for over a year now, we've talked about it more so the last couple episodes, the Snowbound Expo. They're back, 2023, in Boston, November 3rd through the 5th at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. They've just announced Sean Flying Tomato White is going to be there, which is super Le, cool. Le Tomato. What do they call them in France? Le Tomato? I believe that. Like, Royale with tomato, tomato in French. Now, they did have a deal at Snowbound where you got a dollar tickets if you use the code LAUNCH. I don't know if that still works. You could give it a whirl. If not, I think it's 31 bucks for a weekend pass, 16 bucks a day. Check it out. Expo.com. We haven't gotten emails from them in the last two weeks, so I don't know if they've, there's a new code, new update. Hopefully, you already have your tickets. If you're smart, if you're wicked smart like we think you are, you probably already have your tickets, so you're good to go. You're just counting down the days now. You've only got, what, 90 days? It's August, September, October. Here's 90 days. Better book your damn rooms because shit's going quick. Book it. Book it now. Get it on the schedule. 
Yes. And one last thing, <clears throat> 10,000 that they are in apparel gear. Uh, we've got a 15% off code that I'm working with them as an affiliate. Their products are awesome. I, I love their interval shorts. I wear them. I got some uh, shorts from them. Got some joggers. Athlete-led design, their whole thing. Test, iterate, repeat. Iron sharpens iron. The only way to become your best is to work with the best. They create gear that's built to perform. They collaborate with a team of the most obsessed and passionate athletes in the world. I fall into that category, obviously. Isn't that a cure for ED? Pretty much. <laughs> it's where they're short. That's right. It will, it will get you hard, boy. Their slogan, better than yesterday. At the heart of 10,000 is the idea of pursuit in business, fitness, and life. They believe in moving forward with a quiet dedication to constant improvement and to becoming just a bit better than we were yesterday. Go to their site. Use the code BSCHNEIDER15, which is B-S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R-1-5. 15% off. Get some dope stuff. You will love it. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. So today I got a, a very special opera. Very. So I go out to the beach a lot. And during the summer, there's nothing like, because, you know, global warming, we're going to get, you know, 100 plus degree weather all the time in the summer. So you Maybe just got to embrace it. Maybe 200. Sure. I think 200 sell when we hit 200. Um, but there's this place I go out there and out to the beach at Clearwater Beach that they have this, they call it's Cocos and they call it Coco Crush. And what it is, is all they do is they take fresh fruits and fruits, fresh fruits, and they smush them and they add a little alcohol and they serve that. No fancy cocktail drinking, no bullshit. It's just, we smash this and we put some alcohol and we serve it. So I'm going to show you a picture of the smasher that I got. Now, this is a juicer. Oh, boy. I don't know if you can see it. Oh boy, that's tough. That's tough to see. It looks like chaos right there. It's horrible. Horribleness. It's like an X-ray. It's an X-ray. It's bad. So you got a juice sque- juice squeezer. So anyway, it is a. I'll put it on our Instagram. There you go. Um, I'll actually put the video of making it on the Instagram in a proper fashion. I'll have my wife video it. She'll be in a negligee, but you can't see her. But she'll video it like almost naked. Instagram.com slash ski bum podcast. Yes. So she'll she'll video it and it'll be me making this this smash drink. And it is pretty awesome. So I gotta say, this is what it looks like. And it looks like gin and juice for all intents and purposes. But what it really is, is they put a shit ton of ice in and then they put like a juice. I like the the original which is a whole orange, a half a lime, vodka, triple sec. I like instead of doing the triple sec, I do Grand Marnier or and or I like adding a dash of orange bitters. And then I fill it up with, you know, it's got a ton of ice. And then I fill the rest up with seltzer water, mix it all up. And it is delicious. Not too sweet. Not too, it's, it's freaking perfect mix. And, uh, 
I tell you, it gets you there. Very good. It's almost like a uh, like a Russian margarita, in a way. Yeah, it's like a fresh margarita, like a puderita. Puderita. So they make all different ones. So if you look at their menu, they got like I gotta say like twenty different ones, and they'll do stuff with like orange vodka and this like other thing, like coconut thing, like all this like shit in there. I just like the regular one, but at the end of the day, all it is, it's like a fresh margarita that's made no crap in it, fresh juice that they actually squeeze right in front of you, add some alcohol, boom, ready to go. Tell you what, nothing is, it truly is refreshing. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds really good. I actually look forward to these. I go out, Mike. Honey, you got to go out to the beach because I got to get one of these smashes. So, yeah. How about you, bro? Smash. That sounds like a nice combo there. Mm, Good. So I went on like last episode. I got that weird tonic stuff that I was all proud of. Yeah. So I'm trying to again go outside of the zone and try to find some cool new things to try, not the same old stuff that we've had 15 million times. (laughs) And I think I succeeded again. Go me. Now, we all know as podcasters, we all have to to give our respects to Joe Rogan for being the, the pioneer in a lot of this stuff. Crazy, and Joe Rogan. One of the things he's talked about in on his show and worked with and is now part of is this company called Kill Cliff. They're like an energy drink company. They make clean energy drinks. And they actually have a special Joe Rogan drink called the Flaming Joe. Nice. So this is the Kill Cliff Ignite. And what this is, is it's a spicy pineapple. It's, so hmm. it's, they say spicy pineapple fusion straight out of the mind of Joe Rogan, National Seal Foundation official partner. It's got a lot of ginger. Ginger, it's got to have jalapeno in there because there's definitely some kick to it. Pineapple. It's hot as it is, man. Ooh. It's 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 weird. The first sip, you're like, "Whoa, this is this is kind of weird." But then you get used to it, and you're like, "Ooh, this is actually kind of good." So they have two different versions of this. There's the ignite and the CBD. I have the ignite version of it, and nice. it says, "Experience this one of a kind spicy pineapple fusion straight out of the mind of Joe Rogan." This drink combines the sweet nectar of juicy pineapple with a spicy heat creating potentially the most addictive flavor combination on the planet. I actually found this at a ghetto stop and shop by me, which I was actually pretty surprised about because I looked up on their website where to get our product and they said they had it there. And I walked into this shitty stop and shop. I'm like, there's no way they're going to have it here. And I went around the whole store and the last goddamn aisle found it. The more ghetto is, the less they're going to buy it, right? That's, That's my thinking. Uh yeah, so this stuff it's, perfect product placement right there. Right, it was weird the first sip, but then you're like, ooh, something about that makes me want to drink it again, and it's quite good. I I'm liking it. It's got so a decent. I'll amount. go back to the knife and fork, Brian. Knife and fork. You had a jalapeno margarita, and you're trying to choke that down with a steak. Is this yeah. good with food? Not good with food. Just saying, because that could be good last with like, experience was yeah, not, no, great. not nearly as intense as that was. Okay. The spiciness lets you know it's there, but it's not up front, more in the back. This is, again, you're getting a lot of pineapple. Pineapple is the big thing, but you're like, 
Spicy in the front, not in the back? Spicy in the back, yeah. So it's not burning your tongue off or anything. It's kind of just... I think yeah, it's, more the, it's more the ginger effects you're getting. You know where ginger hits you in the back of the throat? Spicy ginger. Spicy ginger, yeah. So there's got ginger in here. It's got caffeine. It says clean caffeine. I don't know what, what unclean, dirty gutter oil caffeine is. B vitamin. Gutter caffeine? Like, who wants gutter caffeine? There's no sugar, which is kind of cool. If I, mean, I certify it's like clean, is yes. that really clean? I don't know who certifies it exactly. But there's ginseng in here. You got uh, a couple different kinds of ginseng, ginseng, ginger root, a bunch of stuff I can't pronounce, green tea leaf extract, stevia, which is what it uses for, for sweetener, a bunch of B vitamins. You're getting a bunch of niacin, which I hope is good because there's a lot of it in here. Who doesn't like niacin? Come niacin, on. Niacin, yeah. Come on, it's in milk. I bought a, I bought a couple other of these Kill Cliffs. I will try them probably at some other point on the show. But this one, this one, it's quite good. I would definitely drink this one again. They have a new flavor. It's a Joe Rogan Cam Haynes collaboration called Elk Blood, which is a spicy cherry, which sounds really, really good and has CBD huh. too. But that one is sold out, of course. So of course. So you get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. And also on my journey, I uh, now I didn't put any in yet because oh, I found oh, some of Mario's favorite. There we go. It's the peach you didn't try that yet, did you? No, I haven't. This is the peach tea flavor. I don't know if you've had that one yet. So the peach tea, from what I heard, I believe it was the peach, is it doesn't keep you nice and high. It actually drops you pretty low. Okay. So if you want a relaxing, I get, I usually get the. Uh, it's called Hint of Sweet. Okay. Um, and it's just like a little bit sweet and you just add it to stuff and it's pretty good. But uh, all they yeah, had, all they had the was the peach tea. Yeah. That one I heard uh, may put you to sleep depending. So, but if I put it into my naturally caffeinated. Kill That's clip, a party right there. That's then you're kind of, you're kind of evening yourself out. Right. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. I think you're ipso factoing right there. I'm a big fan of ipso facto. That's a topsy turvy ipso facto. I also got my my sweet hustle juice blizzard. Dude, I have that in my car. <laughs> and you know the best part the of that is my wife has a roadie every time we get in the car and she puts it in the hustle juice thing. I'm like, fuck yeah. I love it. Nothing like a bright pink koozie that says hustle juice. To say, hey, Mister Officer, don't look at what I'm drinking right now because it's alcohol, and my husband's driving, but it's all right because I'm a passenger. I had a rodeo. I had a truly passion fruit, and I couldn't drink the whole thing. And I left it on the roof of the car last weekend. I'm not a big truly fan. I'm not I either, know. man. I can't uh, do it. I'd never had one it. before, and I had one, and I was like, yeah, this is not great. So at what point in your life, like, do, do you feel you've crossed that line or do you think you're getting to that line? Like, I'll I'll drink a drink. I drink like two sips and I'm like, I don't like this. I fucking pour it right out. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, I don't care if it's 10 bucks, 20 bucks, five bucks, what if it's, two what bucks. What if it's the Macallan 30 and you're Bob DeBro's mom? Would you fucking just pour right that sink? Right in the sink. 30 year Macallan, you're like, ugh. Oh, but you got to stare right at right at him. Like, <laughs> as long as you're I'm, making eye contact with the Eye person. contact, like. I'm pouring this out and this is what, this is what I want to do with it. Yeah. And I, I'm happy with that decision. 
you know, it's, when it's something like that, like a like a truly beverage or whatever, they're never. It's never really that bad. It, I, something's got to be really bad for me to not drink it and pour it out. If you don't like a truly or a sparkling seltzer, you could add more seltzer, and you know what? You're just going to get a shittier cocktail. It's right. It all works, right? Like you just kind of water it down. You're good. They're they're rarely. I have never had one that's been bad enough to not drink it. I just they're just kind of like. But they're never like, ugh, I can't drink this. I've never had one that was that bad. Yeah. Yeah. If I get something that's warm, like a white claw or something, I'm like, I'll look right at people and just like pour it right the fuck down. I'm like, I don't care. I need strawberry flavor. Like, I need a goddamn fresh one. I don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big I'm a champion. I'm a champion. At this At this age, I'm a champion. I do whatever right. the fuck I want. Grown ass man. I'm not drinking. How about a cup thing. of gin? I'll just drink that with ice. Like that's fine man. with me. Yeah. But Sinatra would drink. It's good enough for Sinatra. It's good enough for me. Goddamn gangster. Just That's right. Yeah. Rat Pack. Gentleman. Classy. I drink it like Perry Como would. Perry Como. <laughs> like Rasputin would. Like Gentleman. Fucking Rasputin. Rasputin. What'd that guy drink? What was the Rasputin drink? Whatever the hell oh, he I'll wanted. I don't find that shit out. Yeah, whatever he wanted. Whatever the hell what, he wanted. That's what did he, he drink? Yeah. Rasputin. Well... I'm looking it up right now. What's a Rasputin drink? There's a I think, Rasputin cocktail. Is it really? It's raspberry. Fla- you, you lost me a raspberry flavored vodka. Raspberry. Cranberry juice. Pink grapefruit juice. Come on. This is made up shit. That has nothing to do it's with It's got to be like goat's blood and piss and alcohol. That's, that's, that's Rasputin right there. He was a holy man though. So why would there be piss in there? I don't know. Holy piss. I, I don't know. Fucking yeah. Rasputin. Get a ghetto ass dog. Grigory Rasputin. Mystic and holy man. <laughs> Anybody that get killed, gets like killed in their sleep or butchered, I'm sorry. They don't have a good backstory. So mm. probably they were Well, I think he did that because he was banging a bunch of people's wives. Hey, gotta do, man. So wasn't that his claim to fame that he like a huge, like a massive schlong? And he was a holy man. So he was like giving you the holy schlong. He was like blessing you, but he was blessing your wife and your family by banging the shit out of your wife. That's what that a new did. hole into her. That's why he was a holy man. That's right. He was, there was no unholiness after he was done. There were new holy. holes. Making holes in your, in your nest. Dude, I had a tent. That motherfucker was holy when he's done. Yeah. <laughs> had a blanket. Holy. Pillow. Holy. Guy put his dick in everything. He did get shot, though. Kind of a rough one. Well, you put your dick in everything. That's what happens. You get shot. You get shot, murdered, killed, strangled. There's a lot of stuff that happens. I do Poison. not know. I, I I do not know this for for certain. I believe this was a uh, the truth. Was. Was. All I know is I'm reading a book called The White Pill, and it talks about the Russian Revolution. And is that that anti-Viagra? You don't get your dick up at It definitely did that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like absolutely... I mean, I have minimal knowledge of Russian history. And God. this was absolutely <laughs> eye-opening and Dude, terrifying. Like night and shit. Awful. Like, that's Dude, the white pill. By listening to it, I when I wake up in the morning, even if I'm tired, I'm like, go up, do push-ups, <laughs> get stronger. Like do something to be better because there is there is 
evil in the world. Shit's like, coming is, for you. There is fucking evil in the world. And you so how many people should be listening to that? Like there's every single God, every person who whines about the dumbest little things like this person didn't ask my pronouns and this person's bad. This isn't fair. Like everyone who whines about anything that's absolutely trite and nonsensical needs to really learn about the atrocities that people that what they've what they've gone through and they just they survived they shut their goddamn mouths and they fucking worked and these some of these people who just complain about the most inane nonsensical stuff need to set a they need a, a proper baseline about what what real problems what real evil what real nastiness can be and i think once you see that and you can you can it changes your whole perspective on everything and i've been you know trying to check myself because a lot of times you do get it's easy to complain about like oh this person has like i found out like a buddy of mine has like a, a brand new 911 i'm like dude that's like i'm like exci- i'm happy for him but i'm also like man i wish i had a fucking 911 instead of like a piece of shit old stop super. right there just be happy for him that's, Dude, that's no, the that's road what I'm he chose to do. Well, no, I, I am happy for him, but I'm also like, I wish I had one too. And then what I'm like, that? you know what? I'm like, why? Who cares? And I heard a great quote today in a podcast. If you want to have a douchebag yacht, you have to be a douchebag life. You have to be the douchebag. Do you want to be the douchebag? No, then just accept that you're not going to have that. It's not even that though. It's this. It's a great quote. It said, that which you can do without, you own. Oh, there you and go. usually we think of it the other way around. You know, we think about what we what we need and what we want, and, but it's like the Fight Club quote. Oh, we don't think about what we up, need. We think about what we want that we can't have. We'll think about Fight Club. You know, the things you own end up owning you. Which you know, it's uh, it's all a bunch of. You, you never think about that down the road. The, the things you get, the things you buy, it consumes your life. Do you want those things to consume your life? Do you want them to be? what takes up most of your time or are there things that are more important that you'd rather spend your time on? So I really like that quote about that, that which you can do without you own. Hmm. And nice. it's again, so easy to be like, I want this and I want that. And I want that. Why, why, why do you, why do you really want these things? Is it because it's going to make you feel better? And will it really, cause think about the things that you've, you've, as you know, you've been younger, you've, Oh, I want that so bad. And when I get that, everything's going to be awesome. And you mm. get it. And you're like, this is awesome. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, now what? what want yeah. something else. Now you know? what? Because What's it, going it's, on? A, it's a treadmill. It never ends. You're always going to want something else. There's always something bigger, shinier, cooler, shiny object syndrome. But not even that, even if you reach the pinnacle of what you want to achieve, right? Think about reaching the pinnacle of hockey Stanley cup. You hold it. It's the most coveted trophy. Great. You have this elation. The Do next again, day you're bitch. like, Oh fuck. Like I am not the Stanley cup winner. I got to I'm starting over again. Yep, right. Like you can enjoy bitch. it for a little and ride that, ride that a little bit. But at the end of the day, you start off like there's no, there's no champion right now. Like I want to be the champ all the time, you know? And as hard as it is to win any sort of championship or to be the best, the hard, it's even harder to stay on top. Yeah. Well, think about, think like, about like just in general, like us as a society, right? You look at ancient civilizations, they pay homage to like 
their ancestors and the people that passed before them and the things that they did to get them to the point that they are now. We don't do that nowadays. We're like, fuck that. I can't believe that. I, I can't, you know, I have a phone that, that loses charge. I, I, I don't have internet. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, society sucks. You know what it took to get here? We're throwing poop at each other, like eating trees and raw meat. Like, that's what we were. And now we're trying to get civilized. But, like, we take it for granted that we're civilized, I think. I don't know. We take a lot of stuff for granted. And it's, uh, you know, I, I try to... I try not to get too like woo woo about stuff, but you know, I, I follow a bunch of people on, on social media and you know, one of the things that truly, at least they seem to be happy or seem to be, you know, coming from a good base level. They always talk about how first thing in the morning, they just express gratitude, whether gratitude. it's prayer, yep. whether it's, you know, thoughts, like however they do it, but they, but gratitude is a big part of their routine. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. And, you know, I started that at work. I tell my people, like, what are you grateful for? What are you? Great? But I don't want fake gratitude. My my whole pet peeve is I've met people, I've known people that are like, oh, I do gratitude every morning and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you grateful for shit today? Or are you just fucking pissed off? There's some days I walk, wake up and I'm like, I'm not grateful for anything. I'm a fucking bull in a china shop. I should have gratitude but I'm not in that space to have gratitude and I want to make some bullshit up. And some people, I think what I've seen is they come up with these fake gratitudes. Like I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for the air. Are you fucking really grateful for the air? You, you, everybody takes the air for granted, right? It's nice to really truly be grateful for air, but you know what? If I couldn't breathe for a little while and I was choking, I'd truly be grateful for it. What are you truly grateful for today? I'm grateful for like a day. Yeah. But, but you gotta like really connect with what you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's fake gratefulness. I think, I don't know. Just that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all find different ways to express that gratitude and things that are important. And I think once, yeah, like you said, the removal of things, like you said, with the air, you don't have air you appreciate air so much more and you know but we've gotten to able a- to have like what you have everything is a gift and if you don't if you don't believe everything's a gift you you believe you should have everything you kind of don't you're missing the gratitude boat i don't know no i think you're spot on because you know we're so accustomed to having so much of what we want at such a quick rate that it's so easy to not be grateful to have these kind of spoiled brat expectations. And I walk my dog every day and you know what? I pass homeless every day and there's and some pays them hom- occasionally, allegedly. Oh yeah. And there's some homeless that are like, you're a piece of shit. And there are some homeless I pass every day. I'm like, I help them out. I like these people are really homeless. And there you realize there are people that are really in a bad state and people that are unhelpable and then people that are there's there's different conditions and they're in different phases. Like every day they're in a different state of mind. But you you realize I am very fortunate to have a job. I'm very fortunate to actually have my mind that is not fucking me up every day. Like there are some people that you take it for granted that you have your sanity, right? Like hey, 
my dad had had wasn't Alzheimer's, it was dementia. Like he, his sense of reality was gone, right? There are people that have that at a young age. Like some people, like, I don't know. It, it's just, you take it for granted, all the shit that you have. And then you have this level of, well, I, I'm only grateful for stuff above this level. But do you realize below that level, you're grateful for, for even being alive. You see a quadriplegic, there's, there's a quadriplegic girl. She, she lives next door and she's not quadriplegic. She's, she's not an amputee. I think she was born with birth defects. Hmm. So she has no arms or legs and she's in a wheelchair and the dog loves her. She fucking she goes up and lick, licks her on the face and with no, no, get away. She's like, Oh no, I like you. Just whatever. And I found out the other day that she's an artist, like celebrated artist that like paints and does amazing shit and whatever. But she's just a nice person. And I'm like, but you take for granted what you have, but she would probably look at a lot of people and say, you know what? I'm grateful because these people don't have what I have. And it's very, it changes the way you think about things when she looks at people probably with a little bit of, of, I wish you had a little bit of what I have because you have no idea what I have. You know what I mean? Like, and, and when you think about it on that terms, like you really start appreciating everything you have. Yeah. It often, it often has to be some sort of jarring life event or circumstance that forces us to step back and to start appreciating what we have. But I think if you practice it enough and you're mindful enough that you can take it, you know, take stock every day and, and you know, and truly be grateful. So, hey, we've been on a ski slope and we see a paraplegic that's skiing and you're like, wow, that's amazing. But yeah. you don't know. That might be all they ever know. And they're like, this is amazing. I yeah. wish you could experience what I, what I'm experiencing. Right. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's, it's perspective. It's, it's important to, to see, to think, to, to really take a step back and, and look at others and realize how good we do have it. And, and again, I'm a big believer in, you know, fighting to keep this, what, what we have now and, and to, you know, the rights, the freedoms, the things that, that we often take for granted and that many do that we do need to stand up sometimes and, and to fight for this because, you know, we want the best for our children and our grandchildren, next generations. And if we don't Mm. do that now, they may not have the opportunity to be grateful for things and will actually may have to fight just for the, the basic things that we take for granted. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge believer in empathy, right? Empathy is a key to everything. You don't have to agree with everybody, but if you empathize with them, you could see things from the other side. You could, you could stand in somebody else's shoes and say, you know what? They have a different perspective on life, good or bad, right? Like, and at least you understand whether you agree with it or not. At least you understand it a little bit better. Like, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. When you're sitting there, saying, I can't talk to those people because they have a different political belief. Maybe you stand in their shoes and say, okay, I get it. I understand why. Let me have a common conversation with you. Like, let's meet in the middle. Like, the problem is, like, we can't, a lot of people right now in this day and age, 
they isolate themselves from, from even talking to other people. Cause they're like, I, you just believe something else. Well, yeah. can you empathize with somebody and, and just kind of be them for a little bit? Maybe you can have a conversation, you know? Yeah. I actually listened to an interview with, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, the, mm. uh, the presidential yeah. candidate. And he's a very interesting guy. And one of the things he talked about, he's like, you know, so many people are talking about this, all this national divorce and California wants to secede. He's like, Texas wanted to secede for a long time. Well, he's like, what does that even solve? He's like, the problem is we've forgotten how much we have in common. We've forgotten what unites us and bonds us. And we focus only on the things that we think differently about. and he he wants to kind of bring that to the forefront where we think we we take again take that mindfulness take a look at what we do have and what does bring us together and what we are united on which is a lot more than we think and it's really the probably the the 20% that we disagree on that is where the trouble lies and yeah. we tend to focus on that instead of focusing on the stuff that that does unite us and and bonds us and Focus on that first. Establish that and then figure out a, how we're going to move forward instead of just being like, oh, these people are idiots. I can't deal with them. Like you, said. you know what amazes me about like when you think about politics and everything? Think about if I put myself in my mind in World War II in America, how fucked up is that, right? The entire world's on fire. Your entire nation, our U.S. is under attack. You're going to go out in wholesale fashion, friends, neighbors, brothers, sisters, whatever, going out to fight for war because we're trying to protect our existence, not our American way, our existence. Mm -hmm. And when you put it in that perspective, you're like, why can't we come together? Like we're fighting for our lives every day. Like this isn't something that's just, oh, well, you know, when the wind blows, like, yeah, now we're against China. Now we're against. No, we're we're fighting all the time for our existence. We got to make sure, like, we band together. You know what I mean? If we don't, then divisions happen. People go one way, another people go another way, and then you get people warring. It, it's pretty fucked up when you think about it. Like, why are people not that alert? Like, think of North South Korea. You got that. I saw something recently on the um. What is that that little hut they have? They call it uh, Checkpoint Charlie or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Right at the border. Right at the border, North and South Korea. And I'm like, you know, everybody still takes it for granted that there's a ceasefire in place. Like the war was never over. There's still a war. It's just in a ceasefire. And it's like, do we want to be at war? Do we want to settle it? Or do we want to just say, okay, if we're not going to, if we're not going to end the ceasefire, go back to war, like do something. But like people are okay walking away saying, okay, I don't have to worry about it today. Let's walk away from it. Yeah. Is that really okay? It's, it's really not okay, but everybody accepts it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I like and a somehow, yes or no. I'm a yes or no guy. <laughs> I don't like how we, we find a way to keep skiing. Exactly. Yeah. It's a yes. always for skiing. Yeah. You told exactly. me no, you get off the hill. That's good for me. Yeah. It's actually a perfect interlude into... Let's go to Ski News. 
talking a lot about gratefulness and gratitude and you know again we've been haven't had a podcast in a month because it's the summer and taking a little bit of a break but one of the the biggest stories that we kind of missed while we were let's frame it out perspective you had some family issues like there was some stuff going on we had you know people pass it's a part of life yeah but you know it's reality this is this is what we we have right yeah, had a you know my family. We had to go for a funeral down to Florida and take the kids. So we, uh, you know, obviously we we put the the podcast aside, and that that just is what it is. But while we were down there, one of the big things that happened was the uh, catastrophic flooding up in the Northeast, especially in the Vermont area and right around a lot of the the ski areas we know and love in you know, Ludlow and Londonderry and even parts by Killington up there. They uh, they were inundated with rain over about two or three days in the July 10th to the 12th. And Montpelier, which is just north of those ski areas, right south of Stowe, um, right by Mad River Valley, Sugarbush, and Mad River Glenar, uh, the capital of Vermont was hammered with a record-setting 5.28 inches of rainfall on Monday. I'm guessing Damn. that's July 10th. National Weather oh. Service in Burlington. Anybody has complained about 5.2 inches. There you go. That's more than <laughs> any other day on record, including when Irene dropped 5.27 inches of rain in Ooh. 2011. And they said that Irene had a 12-hour duration of rain, and then it was over. That was from the governor. And they said, this is different. We've had 48 hours of steady rain and more expected. So there's pictures of the city and, you know, every, all the, the streets are underwater. Some cars are, some are, are hanging above. There's a crazy picture of Londonderry, Vermont, which, you know, that's where, um, where Magic is, one of our favorite Vermont resorts. And you see the river and you see the roads covered and the fields just completely covered in, in muddy water. It was, I mean... Roads collapsed um, in Ludlow, where Okino oh, they had a lot of problems. Yeah, they're showing the train tracks, and all the ground underneath got swept away. I mean, it's just it's unreal. The videos of Route 100, right where the um, entrance to the Okimo Resort is, you just see mud just covering the whole roadway going into the shopping center below. It's surreal because these are all places that, you know, we've been to dozens and dozens of times and to just see it in that state, you're like, how is that even possible? It's uh, it's, it's scary. So one concern I had while you're talking about that is I checked man of Kent is okay. Man of Kent is okay. That's, that's a big one. I was right there one. on the New York Vermont border. Big because it was on kind of a cliff. Yeah, same. Yeah, they had it really bad there, and then um, I guess they had some more rain just a couple days ago, and they said they're still getting, you know, calls. They have a a phone number set up two one one for um, 
people to call damage about all the flooding. And they said they've, they've just been inundated with calls because wow. uh, there's still, there's still so much damage and, and so many, you know, the fallout of, of all the, uh, this, this rain and mudslides that's been going on. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, I don't know what else we can do. Like, I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure they have Red Cross or, or something to donate to. I'm trying to find something. And if I find a link, I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. But, you know, you, you want to do all that you can. I mean, you know, giving money is great. If you can give time, even better. I know they're doing a license plate, like a Vermont strong license plate they're going to be selling with the proceeds helping people. Um, it's 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 also interesting seeing the way Vermont handles it because Vermont's an interesting place. If you go there, or if you've been there, you know that there's not a lot of people. I mean, if you go, you know, shoulder season, like there's just not a lot of people up there in general. I think it's one of the, not the least densely populated state, that's for sure. But I think in the Northeast, it's it might be the least. I'm probably Maine. I don't know. I don't know exactly, but it's pretty sparse. Like, yeah. It's sparse, yeah, and you know to see this damage, and you know some of these people, like, you know, they've lost all they had, and it's uh, you know you kind of practice that gratitude, but also you want to help these people out in any way you can. So I don't know what we can do. Um, again, I'll look for something in the show notes to see if we can find. I, but I do know they have that Vermont Strong license plate that they're putting forward. I think it's That's one of those cool. front plates because they only you only have to have the plate in the back, so you put that on there and. The, probably charge you 20 bucks for it and most of it goes to, to helping people out but again there's not a ton of besides tourism there isn't a ton of industry up there in general so it's it's interesting seeing the way they're they're handling it and trying to to get back to normalcy yeah that's crazy i was just spending the entire time looking at mannequin it's cool yeah it's all right glad they're okay huh. Um, yeah, those, you know, it's pretty crazy. Anyway, the farmer's almanac. Let's talk about that. Yes. Let's look at something positive to happen. When we're talking about the winter forecast, let's talk, let's get back to like farmer's almanac. What is the prediction? So I love the farmer's almanac because they have some weird proprietary, proprietary, uh, you can't even try to emulate it. Um, formula for forecasting the weather, right? And and this is based on, if anybody doesn't know Farmer's Almanac, um, I guess it was developed back in time when it was just farmers were really the, the people that were more concerned about the weather than anybody. 18, which is understandable. 18. Was it? That they started in 1818. Yeah, that's right. An extended weather forecast. So if anybody didn't know, the reason we have weekends is because you have to have the kids out of school so they can work the farm. Um, farmer's Almanac, you need to know the seasons so you can grow. Like, And it used to be, not not even that long ago, where you couldn't get like watermelons in winter because they didn't grow in the U.S. It wasn't watermelon season. Now we're... So globally, everything's globally accessible. You can get anything you want, any season of the year. It's growing hothouse, it's going in hydroponic, whatever, or in another part of the world. 
So everything gets shipped in. So we take it for granted now, but it used to be very, very sparse when people would see like things in season, like, oh my God, it's, uh, you know, whatever green bean season, you know, great. I got to get my green beans. And, and that's why people would can. And they would be like, I grew this stuff out of my garden. I'm going to can it or I got it fresh at the market. I'm going to can it. Now people are like, they just take it for granted. Like, and it's good. We've evolved as a civilization, but we're a global civilization. So the Farmer's Almanac was developed way back when, when the farmers actually had to try to predict how their growing season would be. So thinking about that, it's a pretty big deal. But the benefit is skiers can use that to your advantage to say, okay, where are the cold spots going to be? So if you're looking, Farmer's Almanac predicts the weather. And like I said, there's some weird proprietary thing. They can't, they don't tell anybody, but they come out with this book every year at like, it's before the end of the year too. And they predict the entire year. And you know what? They've been pretty close. They're closer than like the local weather, which is weird, but it's just funny. It's like, it's like looking to uh, Nostradamus, like Nostradamus weather. Yep. We're going to have this happen. And and people like freaked out. Uh, But anyway, so what they're predicting for this year is winter weather is making comeback. And they're saying after a warm winter anomaly last year, traditional cool temperatures, and stormy weather conditions will return to the contiguous United States. Nice. Screw Alaska and uh, Hawaii, but the contiguous United States, all connected, cold, which is nice. When will the snowstorm come? First one. So they're saying winter officially starts December 21st, 2023, but that doesn't mean the cold conditions and snow will wait till then. So they're saying meteorological winter starts on December 17th. And they're saying the extended weather for winter weather forecast calls for some blizzard conditions blowing snow into the areas of northern New England and north central states in northern and central New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. So that sounds pretty good. Like the whole East Coast and Midwest getting a little snow early. Yeah, they actually have like pretty like specific on the on their website saying, you know, like the second week of January will be stormy, snowy, and wet for both the Pacific Coast and the eastern states. Yeah. Lots of cold temperature and some storms will keep folks in south central states busy during the middle of January. Heavy mountain snows will cover the western US, including the mountains of the Pacific Coast during the first week in February. It's a big one, big tell. Potential yeah. blizzards for the first week of March will remind folks in the north central states that winter isn't over yet. Yep. So this actually sounds very good for almost everyone in, like you said, the contiguous U.S. Sounds like going to pepper around, just kind of like it's going to be winter wonderland. Everywhere, pretty much. So, yeah, they're saying that the, it's going to be an El Nino year which we had La Nina for the last, I think, three or four years. Yeah, this year, 
Indications are that El Nino, an unusually high water temperature in the Pacific coast of South America, will be brewing in the latter half of 2023, lasting into the winter of 2024. If we consider that alongside our tried and true forecast formula, that means that cold temperatures should prevail throughout the country and bring snow, sleet, and ice. So again, we're still in early August. We're always looking at winter. We're always looking at skiing. So this looks like we uh, might have something to look forward to this year, which would be awesome. I like that forecast. And you know what? They usually knock that off. They're about 80% right from what I probably saw. It's over, well over 50%. So, so if they were playing baseball, they would be double the best hitters. They would be the better than the Yankees every year. Better than like Ted <laughs> Williams. Better than like Babe Ruth. Right. The great thing. Hey, Bruce is a fat loser. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Fat loser is a pitcher, and he could hit a ball. Well, now, assuming this is going to be true, uh, this may be the deal of the century, because right now, the sale price for New York's Coxane Ski Resort has been slashed nearly in half. So the owners of Coxane located near Cherry Creek, New York, are still attempting to sell the property after a year of trying. The ski resort was originally listed for $6 million last year. We're now learning that the resort's sale price has been nearly slashed in half. According to the listing by Howard Hanna Professionals, Coxane can be yours for just $3.5 million. I'm going to say on this podcast right now, I hit the Mega Millions. I'm buying that shit and a few other ski resorts, and we're making a Ski Bum Podcast pass. Uh, I'm not going actually, with one. Uh, I'm going that's with multiple. a nice interlude to the next story. <laughs> so just hang on a second there. So Coxane is known for being one of the snowiest resorts in New York due to its close proximity to Lake Erie. The resort reports an annual average of 275 inches of lake effect snowfall. Unfortunately, they had an abysmal year last year oh, and as of oh. february 22nd they had only 35 inches of snow for the season and they decided to close on the same day they talk about like taking your ball and going home like i'm out yeah so current owners are clearly trying to offload this and by significantly slashing the price just to 3.5 the property includes a 10,000 square foot lodge that was built in 2019 and a defunct airstrip that could be renovated hmm. for future use. Now, this is not a huge resort, 430 feet of vertical, 80 acres of skiable terrain, three lifts, seven trails, snowmaking, night skiing, and it's not part of a mega pass. So, so think about this. If you're looking at a skier and that's not pulling in numbers and whatever, you got to think with your mind, what would Red Bull do? They would make some crazy ass like ski cross, like I don't know, some crazy shit would be on this, and wow. it'd be awesome, yeah. right? Just saying. Indeed. So, Indubitably. If you're into that. <laughs> now that said, the Powder King Resort that we talked about a few months ago, up in the middle of nowhere in Canada, that is still for sale too, and that's at eight. Point two million Canadian, which is, Canadian. Like, which is like a million dollars. It's like, yeah, it's not real money. And you're getting a lake resort and campsites and a convenience store. So 
think about yeah, that. Why not get both? them together in this Skiba podcast pass? How about that? Yeah. Kind of well, like 11 ski areas. Flea ski Cooper passes. Indy delivers ultimatum. Drop Cooper or we drop you. Boom. Bro- Serious drama in the, the mini. Oh. The, would you call it, I wouldn't call it the second tier passes, but the non mega. The non mega. Yeah. Well, yeah, the non mega. But it's big now. Um, they dropped Deuce on these guys. Their brand represents not small resort, but rather a national multi mountain pass that is a direct competitor to Indy Pass. And the pass founder, Doug Fish, made that comment. Which is like interesting it. because when we talked to Doug last year, he seemed very like, yeah, man, like they're doing their thing. We're doing our thing. Like everything's cool, man. I think we robbed them like, up. Now he's I like, fuck Cooper. <laughs> fuck their past. Like, I think we fired him up. He's like, fuck those guys. Like, Doug, you, you two, you two lax. We're like, we're on the show. Like, if you go back to the archives, we are like, Doug, you should fucking go after those guys. You know, I, I pictured Doug being like a, uh, you know, like at a dinner and it's like the Godfather, you know, the five families, the heads getting whacked. Like he's just kind of like chilling out there and there's like baseball. Yo. It's the, yeah. the untouchables walking around yeah. with the bat. Baseball. Yeah. It's people Bass getting whacked. They're like, we're, we're Whack like, Cooper or Indy. He's like, we're an Indy family now. <laughs> That's what I thought. You kiss the ring. You yeah. don't kiss the ring. You get whacked. You kiss the Indy ring. Yeah. Good opera music playing while people getting whacked in the background. It all it all seems pretty good. But yeah. anyway, so um, eleven chose Indy, one chose Cooper. Two effectively dodged the issue by joining Freedom Pass, of which Cooper is a member. For more, uh, which Indy has yet to mirror with uh, to meet with, formerly remain in limbo. So they have a summary of the whole changes. So left Cooper, went to Indy. There's a lot of them that went to Indy. So very, very interesting. So the power and the might of Indy Pass. I got to say, I love how Doug created an Indy Pass from nothing, right? So everybody else was these big conglomerates. Let's get these big resorts and, oh, bigger, better. You have such big penis. And then it was like, okay, we'll get the little penis guys all together group them together and then i think people are realizing now those little mountains are where everybody lives that we want to get skiing so hey you know what we kind of missed the boat i think they're going to regret it and i think they're going to try to buy indy pass soon well i think this is interesting the way it talks about it in the article how they're saying that the uh, ski cooper coalition has created a shadow multi-mountain national pass masquerading as a small mountain pass mm. and according to doug doug fish president of the indy pass says the indy pass does not have a problem with reciprocals we have a problem with ski cooper manipulating the reciprocal system that was originally created to help small resorts compete their brand represents not a small resort but rather a national multi-mountain pass that is a direct competitor to the indy pass mm. Each time an Indy Pass holder redeems one of their two days at participating ski areas, Indy sends that mountain a paycheck. But Cooper's business model, Fish says, allows the mountain to enjoy the benefits of providing access to a national network of ski areas 
without the inconvenience and hassle of sharing revenue among partners. Mm-hmm. Ski Cooper keeps 100% of the money, pays no taxes, and enjoys millions in revenue, while dozens of other small resorts deliver their hard-earned, valuable product for free. We don't think this is right, and we are not going to support it. Nice. Kill them that whole thing. I like it. Yeah. And again, they used to, you know, they've they've existed side by side since 2019, always shared some partners. And it says Indy's new aggressive stance can likely be traced to its recent acquisition by Entabani Systems, a small tech company that specializes in ski area software. Hmm. Uh, that's kind of crazy. That's that Cooper's down 11 partners due to Indy. And oh, yeah, they all went over to Indy. Yeah, and they're likely to lose at least some of the remaining five that it shares with Indy. In the U.S., uh, America, or it's, just, it's funny, in America, money usually wins, and Indy's $80,000 average partner payout trumped the congenial swap that Ski Cooper has orchestrated over the past decade. Yeah, it kind of makes the indie pass look different because yeah, they they always had this like kind of like oh they're the good guys they're helping everybody out, and now they're kind of making these ultimatums. And you got some muscle trying like to it. fight the reciprocal plan. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's it's you know I mean competition is always good, and I don't know I don't I I, I want to see how this as plays long out. as we're winning as consumers, I'm all for it. Yeah, and I think, you know, the consumer usually does win when there is more competition like this. To go back to another story we've been talking about every single episode this summer. Snowbird. Snowbird. Snowbird's general manager speaks out in support of the little Cottonwood Canyon gondola. Yeah, where's the gondola? Now, again, this happened while we were not podcasting the last month, but UDOT, that's the Utah Department of Transportation. They they decided, they announced that they're moving forward with the gondola up Little Cottonwood Canyon. Nice. Despite the protests and people trying to stop it, this was deemed the, the winning method. And the general manager, Dave Fields of Snowbird, has penned an open letter in the Salt Lake Tribune supporting the gondola up Littlewood Cotton, uh, Little Cottonwood Canyon. Yeah. That recently got the green light. He says a gondola is the right choice, and he is excited by the process outlined through winter that saw the canyon road impacted by 98 avalanches that resulted in the canyon closing overnight 42 times. Fields highlights the safety and accessibility issues that arise from the canyon being one way in, one way out, and that a gondola addresses most of the challenges presented by the canyon's dramatic topography and prolific snowfall. Damn. Nice. Now it's, it, you know, obviously people are going to still complain and make their comments. It's like, Oh, it's not fair. Like, of course they're, he's going to like it. It's bringing people directly to his resort. He's going to make a ton of money doing it. But I mean, again, we do live in a capitalist society and that who has the we'll better product, money, right? Well, you know what? If Snowbird sucked, if Alta sucked, why would they want a gondola going there in the first place? Like, exactly. is that their fault that they have a successful business and they want to get people to go there to keep it successful? Like, that's not a bad thing. 
Right. And again, you could you can argue till you're blue in the face about this. Um, uh, and it's not even I, I'm not even I don't even want to get into it anymore because we've talked about it in the past. It's easy to argue for either side of this, I think. But at the end of the day, they needed to find to figure out a better way to do this. They analyzed several different ways, and this is what they're doing. So shut up, embrace it, and get on board. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, I agree. Let's, get, let's go. Keep moving. Team Gondola. I like the gondola. So here's the thing. People think, oh, well, I don't like this or I don't like that. Doing nothing is a choice. So if you do nothing, you're going to have traffic, people getting buried, the whole thing, like all the shit show we have today. So Mm -hmm. if you do nothing, that's a choice to let that continue. It's not a choice to say, I don't support it. It's a choice to say, well, I want to leave everything status quo. Yeah. And that's what people fail to realize is... And you also don't need an opinion on the gondola. You can be right. like, oh, well, they're doing it. Okay, fine. Like, it might be good for everything. 10 years or so, and then you can switch. But like, it's better than the shit they have today, like driving up the canyon and all that, like the traffic and the... I don't know. Uh, I just think people have to act and not be afraid uh, People are too chicken shit and hide behind. Oh, I didn't do anything. Yeah, that that's an action. Yeah, we definitely have a lack of people being bold these days. Yeah, and that's what it made has always made America so awesome and has created an innovation and new products and new technologies and sports and everything because we've dared to be bold. The royal we, of course. You know, people are are trying new things, and you know they're they're not being constrained in in any ways. And I think the more we have that, the greater products come to the market. The market decides what is good and what is bad. Not a person, not a group, not a government, but the market, the people. And I think that's the only way to to truly have innovation and to to have strives in humanity. And we need to we need to embrace that more instead of just being like, nah, I don't like that. Nah. Which we have it, a lot of these days. It's very easy to be a troll and say what you don't like. It's very clarifying when you say what you do like. It's very hard to build something. It's very easy to tear something down. Yeah. The perfect example is with your wife or your girlfriend or whoever you're with, you go out and you say, what do you want to have for dinner? And they say, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want that. Okay. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> like, decide I didn't ask what you, you what you didn't want it. I asked right. you what you did want. And how many fights does that fuel, right? Well, decide so, what you want. As a man, it. as a man, what you got to do is, baby, we're going to get steak. <laughs> Getting whatever the fuck I want. That's we're what you going, do. Well, you know what, though? And then you're an asshole because no, this no. guy controls everything. He says whatever he wants all the time. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what fat, lonely women say. A real proper right. lady would be like, oh, he's making a decision for us. This is probably in our best interest. And I right. I like a man who's assertive and is dominant in that way. Not a great, not an asshole, but like, he's like, babe, this is what we're doing. 
Well, taking charge, you're being assertive. If you don't make a decision, somebody's going to make the decision for you. Yep. Right. So the absence of a decision is a decision to allow somebody else to say, let me know what I want to do with my life. Right. Yep. And seeing that, Tremblant is saying, in the summer, if you have that that idea, we're going to make it clarifying for you. You could still ski in the summer. How about that? What do you think of that? Yeah. Because that Tremblant, they are an introduction to skiing on dry slopes. So they have a dry slope in Tremblant. Um, you know what? Global warming, everything. It's good to like put this out there, but also people want to ski. 24 7 round the clock so there uh tremblant is offering now year-round skiing at tremblant it's possible as summer skiing located at the learning area of equilib uh slope and um it's a synthetic surface designed for introduction to snow sports equipment rental is included and access to the ski and snowboard assistance are available to assist participants and you also have the option of bringing your own equipment fit at the same price. So they have multiple slopes. Like it's pretty cool. Looking at the pricing, 37 bucks, under 40 bucks. You go out, you ski, middle of summer, hot as balls out, jump on the slopes and tremble off. You can ski from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Ooh, I love that. If you wanted to. Damn. It does say that pants and long sleeves are recommended because I'm sure falling on that shit would be awful. Dude, you're in you're in Canada, like French Canada. I'm sure a banana hammock is welcome. Just banana hammock it out and freaking. I think I'd do that next year. Banana hammock and trim up. What's cool is they also have two different types of slopes: one with long fibers for a softer feel, and one with shorter fibers for a firmer surface. What would you do? I'm thinking firm. Well, I think firm would be faster, right? That's what I'm hoping. Unless you're going to zip all the way down. Then I'm thinking maybe the soft ones. They're saying it's the same trail, but the lower part has the firmer and the higher has the softer. Oh. So you could probably just try both. Want to go all up? All up in there. All up in that. I think that's cool. I wonder if we're going to see more of this coming down the road. It seems like. It's, I think you just we need will. to get one or two of them, just like with the water parks and all the summer activities at the resorts. You get one or two places doing this, it's yeah. going to start becoming a thing. Which, hey man, you know, like these resorts got to do what they got to do. And if I had the ability to to you know ski on this, I'd I'd be happy to do it. And you know, I'm curious, like, like how does it feel compared to snow? What if it's I think we got to do it. It's more fun. I think if you're listening and you're connected with Tremblant, from Tremblant, hook us up. We got to get there. I mean, there's no reason we shouldn't be there right now. We should be like podcasting from Why Tremblant. are we in Bariloche right now or uh, Portillo? Right? Like this ghetto shit. We got we got to be there. Yeah. You know, just saying. Uh, banana hammocks, they're, they're on the table. I'm just saying. I look pretty good in banana hammock. From what I've been told. Yeah, I, uh, I got a purple one. I'm ready to show it off. I got one with a big American flag. That's it. You go to my no. OnlyFans, you could, uh, you could see that. <laughs> it's not a big American flag because it is ban- banana hammock. So it's like a very slim American flag just across, you know, just saying. <laughs> you got a couple stripes? 
couple stripes. I got yeah. two stripes. That's it. So I can afford on this on this real estate they have there because I have the big logo, the big podcast logo, right, right on my penis, where my where my junk is, right, right in the taintal region. <laughs> the taintal. Now I wonder. Imagine if you did this, like the this, you know, summer skiing, and you liked it more than real skiing. Yeah. Why not? Right. Who wouldn't? But think about what this would unlock too. Imagine if like if they started making this a thing and then you have places that don't really get much snow, but maybe have mountainous terrain and you started laying this down. Like say you're in like uh what is it? The what are the mountain range in Georgia? I guess it's the Appalachian, right? Where they start. The Appalachians, yeah. You're not getting much snow there, but you start laying this stuff down and you start creating these summer ski resorts. It could be like the middle of Georgia. Middle right. of Texas. Like, how about Texas? Texas you need, Yeah, there's like a... Is it a, it's a really tall mountain in Texas, isn't there? This doesn't uh, get snow. Yeah, look it up now. Tallest mountain in Texas. What's the tallest mountain in Texas? I remember looking up and being surprised by it. Also, Guadalupe Peak. 8,751 feet above sea level. Right. Pretty impressive, though, right? 3,000 feet of elevation. Yeah. Damn, bro. You're like, holy crap. That's pretty significant. Where you ski in Texas. You could ski and open carry in Texas. How about that? Double win. Only state you could ski and open carry. Double win. What about uh, Wyoming? I I think Wyoming. Let me see. Wyoming. I think you've opened carry in Wyoming. Didn't remember the guy lost his gun on the slope a couple of years ago. That, that's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yes, without a permit, without a permit, open carry. So you can ski. Wait a minute, this is open a whole thing. How many firearms can we have? Like <laughs> open carry. Sure. If I go around the nation, <laughs> it's fucked up. Guadalupe Peak. So we could lay some carpet down Guadalupe Peak, and you could be skiing in Texas all year. All year, That's they like cool. hold the gun to you, but like you better ski, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Any person who is at least eighteen years of age, old, and legally is legally entitled to carry a firearm can open carry in Wyoming. God bless Wyoming. God bless Wyoming. Like goddamn, afford to live in Jackson Hole. It really is. Damn, All expensive right. Thing. So, what do we got here now? Yes. Okay. So, Texas is a yes with restrictions. No restrictions on open carry. Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Georgia, North Carolina, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Open carry. Really? Uh, oh, concealed. Carry reciprocity map. Sorry. So if you have a considered sealed carry license, you can go to like, all right. So next time I'm skiing in Vermont, watch out because Mario might be packing. <laughs> I got my concealed permit. Mario might be packing. The fuck a person. Nevada. I go to Vegas. Damn. Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. The Dakotas, I don't know who goes to the Dakotas. There's no skiing there. It's very flat. It's true. Bluffs, um, buttes, all that stuff. Yeah. Wyoming is the gray area. Yes, selected states. Huh. So Montana, Wyoming are in play. Nevada. 
surprisingly, in play. Everywhere else with restriction, Washington, Oregon, California, New York, New Jersey, everything on the East Coast that's very densely populated. No, you can't open carry. Hmm. Can't even carry. Pathetic. Sad. That's how it works. Yeah. Well, maybe the rules. I just follow. Perhaps we could start a grass skiing empire by being the guys who create the carpets, facilitate it, and start selling it all over the the southern region, southern mountain regions of the U.S. Dude, I hit the lottery. I hit the one point two five billion dollar lottery. I'm gonna say it right here. I'm gonna buy like two three ski resorts. We have our own pass. We have open carry on all of them. <laughs> It's actually it's required. Required. Required to be a non-kid zone. This is gonna be like some shit. It's gonna be a game changer. We're gonna change change the dialogue of what a ski resort is. It'll be like Deadwood. That's right. Deadwood and Hot Top Time Machine all wrapped up in one. Deadwood Mountain. Deadwood Time Machine. I don't know. Hot Tub Deadwood. (laughs) I think we're onto something. I think it could work. You have a kid zone, kid area at the bottom of the mountain, like in an area, can't get past. And it's not even like can't get past. It's like AK is like, I'm sorry, you can't get past. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff that kids can't see in this area over here. We'll definitely be sold out of passes almost instantly. I can tell these groundbreaking, exciting. There might be a shootout for passes. Let's put it that way. People are dying just to get into our ski resort. Hey, oh. Just saying. Got to win a duel to get a pass. Yeah. You know, good. Yep. There's a good opportunity for betting, good opportunity for excitement. Fun for everyone. Fun for the whole family. Whole family. Yep. Well, I guess that wraps up the ski news, of which there was a decent amount. Uh, so, yeah. A lot I mean, of ski news. We don't really have much of a main topic as we discussed. One thing that I've noticed is, you know, as soon as August turns over, the amount of emails from the ski companies just ratchets up. Oh, it's just like they open up a lever and it all flows in. Yeah. You know, you have like DPS with their, their dream time going on now. I got emails from you know Forefront and J Skis and Moment. They're all like, "Oh, we've got our 2024 line just came out. Take a look." Dude, DPS is killing me right now. Why is that? No, there's every day. Like we had our DPS Dream thing, and then yeah. bam, 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 bam. Every day, like two emails. Yeah, they're trying to move I some product. Like, I'm sorry, I have to stop. Yeah. I just get excited. I just, I still like looking at every pair of every email comes in from ski companies is looking at all the cool new stuff. There's just, cause there's always something awesome. You know, there's, it's like, I wish I had unlimited ski budget or we had some dope ass ski sponsorships that we could partake in more new skis every year. Try them out. Check them out. Let me ask you a feeling on, let me ask you a feeling on little people skiing. So, they have midget wrestling. Would you be all right with midget ski racing? <laughs> I'm just saying. I would not want to stop anyone from participating <laughs> in ski racing. And if you have to categorize people into certain groups to make Little it more people fit. ski racing, we, we call it something, but like 
you know, I saw something about, and I don't mean to be derogatory if you're offended. I'm sorry, but people are going to have to get a little bit thicker skin because they've called it this for a long time. Um, I saw an advertisement because there's some place in St. Pete down here that has midget wrestling. They don't call it little people wrestling. They call it midget wrestling. And I love it because it is what it is, right? Like I would never treat people a bad way, but it's kind of old fashioned. I don't know. Maybe it's dating well, like, me. Is, like, whatever. Isn't, what's that show? Like, isn't it little people, big world? What if yeah. there was little people, big skis? Like you put yeah. them on full size skis. Like ski racing. I, I don't want to see them like just get down the mountain and be like, oh yeah, let's give them a clap for like participating. No, no. I want to see people really compete. Like that's, that makes me proud that they can, they're actually competing. Like I don't want to placate it. I don't want to like give them a participation trophy. That's bullshit. Like, no, no, they're really racing. Like, and they could probably beat a lot of people out there. So why not? Right. Just saying. I would, I would never try to stop someone from participating. So yes. Might freak some people out. I don't know why, but. <laughs> uh, I, I'm already a little bit freaked okay. out. I got to be honest. I think we'd have a whole ski circuit on that. Just saying. But if I ran the ski circuit and I'm not a little person, would I be exploiting people or like, how is that looked on? Would that be bad? It's a fine line between exploiting people and giving them opportunities. <laughs> At right. what point do you be an exploiter or not exploiter? Like helping people out. At what what point do you cross the exploitation? When you make money, when you make a lot of money, but is it not money driven? Is then wouldn't every fame? company that makes money be exploiting people? I, exactly. Where's the line? Yeah. You know. Where's the line? Is I mean, candy. Line? I like fat people. Fat people yeah. and candy. Am I exploiter of fat people? I, I don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah. The same. That's pretty heavy stuff right there. I like yes. weed. I like people that smoke weed. Am I if I have a, a weed shop and people are all kind of chilled out, crunchy, you know, am I exploiter of weed? I I don't know. At what point do we become the exploiter? There is a fine line. Just gotta find that line. I don't know that. That is fine. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't have the answers. All I know is that it's starting to get a tiny bit darker at night now, a little bit sooner, which means that you getting little, getting little, little sprinkles of the possibility of summer coming mm-hmm. towards an end. Summer and sprinkles. Summer sprinkles, and I, I've, I've tried to embrace summer. I think I've done a pretty good job. I'm, you know, go to the beach almost every week, hang out with family, go biking, do stuff, and I like it for what it is. But I still love winter. I love snow. I love the Let's cold. Let's call it what it is. We're yeah. tolerating the fucking summer. Right? Yeah, I'm making the best of it. I'm definitely trying to embrace it, make the best of it. Got a garden going on. You know, got a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I do love the long days, that's for sure. But it was July was so hot. Like, it was insanely oppressive hot. And it's finally, like, broken. And it's been so nice. And... Again, you get these little tiny nuggets of oh, this. This is oh, it's almost you know school's going to be starting soon, and it's coming. You know, like, it's it's coming, and you know once September hits, that's when plans are made, 
people are going to be talking about skiing, school breaks. It's it's officially on at that point. So yeah, trying to do as much as we can in August to prepare. Like I said, I'm working on the website. I already have like a new theme we're going to be putting in there. Nice. A lot simpler, a lot less designed because I, I kind of overdid it when I did it last time. And I focused more on the design and less the functionality, which has been a problem for technical things like SEO. Portability is big key. Uh, speed of page loading, some UX stuff. So we're trying to uh, be less cute about things and a little more, a little more simple. So that, that's going to be coming in hopefully the next month or so. Nice. Yeah, just trying to to get everyone ready. You know, you got a lot of grand plans. plans. Like there's grand plans for the podcast. So yeah, you keep it going. Yeah, because uh, this has got to this has got to start moving the needle a bit. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but we got to start moving the needle. And, you know, again, we, uh, we have everything set up to do so. It's just moving it, hitting the gas pedal to move it. Yeah. That's the move. But I'm getting giddy. I'm already getting excited for the season. A lot of cool stuff going on. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a good season this year. It's going to have a lot of good snow. I I'm not Farmer's Almanac. I'm betting on it. I'm Farmer's betting on it. Al- baby. That's right. Can we take an over under on snow? Where's what location? Dude, that'd be great. I'm gonna look into how we so could take snow bets betting? on snow or not snow. Snow betting. Does DraftKings have like snow betting? Fuck that. I'm gonna patent it and then go to like the casino and be like, you could buy this patent from High Flint Ski Bums. There you go. Snow betting. Snow betting. I love it. It's a good idea. Actually, that's a genius idea. It is. It is pretty much genius. Yeah. I have to agree. What else can you bet on? Bet on a lot of stuff. But bet on everything. Bet on snow. Bet on snow. Just <laughs> the over under on two inches, right? Seven hundred inches plus. One point two inches. In snowbird. By what measure? Like, there's got to be like rules around everything. Yeah, love that. We could be the governing body of winter snow betting. We just get a cut. Every bet, we get a little cut. Get a big. We get the big. We get a piece. Get a piece. You get a taste, we get the piece. That's right. Well, I think that's all we got for this week. A lot of good information. Big stuff going on. Thank you so much for listening. Snow betting. Snow betting. Snow betting's big. It's coming. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. We're on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, X, Untapped, YouTube. We're at Ski Bum Podcast. Go to our Patreon, skibumpodcast.com or patreon.com slash ski bum podcast. Become a patron. We would love that. Go to 10,000.cc if you want to get a deal on some workout gear. Get some good workout gear. Great stuff. Use the code BSchneider15, all one word, 15% off. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. Yeah.